0: Welcome to my podcast. My name is Jamin Gurker. I'm a realtor in South Central Alaska, and my mission is to help people build intentional and significant legacies for themselves and their families by coaching them in real estate. And the purpose of this podcast is to really give you the the real authentic view of what it's like living up here in Alaska from the perspective of people who actually live here. And today I um, am actually very happy to introduce you to a couple of my past clients. They moved up here this past summer. Um, their, uh, their transaction was definitely one for the books. <laughs> There's definitely, that's definitely one with a lot of, uh, great lessons and takeaways there, but, um, I'm looking forward to letting them kind of share their experience, what it was like moving up here. Some of the tips and tricks they would offer to people who are looking at following in their footsteps. Um, so without further ado, please welcome Greg and Bethany. Hi. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> outstanding so let's let's go and just jump into this then um where did y'all live before moving up to alaska
1: so we lived in southeast georgia about um an hour west of savannah
0: oh very nice so that's uh it's definitely a bit of a move for you guys then huh
1: <laughs> yep yeah coming from uh hot humid to cold <laughs>
0: So did you guys have much experience with the cold before or was Alaska kind of your introduction?
1: Um, We both had experience with it. We grew up in the Northeast Mm -hmm. um, and we lived in Colorado, uh, a couple other places that had, you know, decent winters. So, you know, this is not unusual or new to us, but I guess for me, it's the, I'm not used to the length of the winter, but definitely used to the cold.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that definitely is kind of, the, kind of the adjustment for a lot of folks when they get up here. And uh, if you don't have any summertime activities you like doing, it can be a long five, six month stretch.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Right,
0: outstanding. So due to your work, you didn't really have much of a choice of moving up here. Um, but uh, what were some of your initial thoughts when you found out you folks were, were going to be moving up here? Uh, I think, you know, I was excited. I think she was excited, too.
2: Yeah, I was excited. Uh, I like traveling, experiencing new places. So I was definitely excited about this. I also love winter and there's no winter in Southern Georgia. So that was exciting to to come back.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Have you um, found a whole lot of stuff that you can do in the wintertime yet? I know where you guys are at. There's definitely some, uh, some cross-country trails and some different stuff in your area. But if you guys really had a chance to get into any of that yet?
1: So unfortunately, no, we've been pretty busy with, uh, work in the house, uh, just doing maintenance and stuff. So, um, we haven't, but I know she used to cross country ski, So, yeah. um, she likes that and wants mm-hmm. to get back into it. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure you've heard all the stories, but yeah, Kincaid park is going to be really good. And the coastline trail is, is going to be really good also. So mm-hmm. got that to look forward to.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's, uh, let's go back to Georgia then. So you guys were over there. Um, what are some of the, um, the first big challenges you have of, of moving up here?
1: So the biggest challenge was physically getting from Georgia to Alaska. Um, so I really didn't, I didn't realize what the route or what the process was of physically arriving in Alaska until we actually started planning the, the trip. Um, and then, of course, we had to move during COVID, so uh, we had to add an extra leg to our route and get a COVID test before we reached the Canadian border. So um, that definitely threw a wrench into our plans by, like, adding a couple days of travel just to schedule that and then to wait for the results, and then then cross over to the border.
0: Oh, did you guys not find out till you got to the border that you had to? had to have the tests.
1: No, we knew beforehand, but uh just with the way our travel time had to be, um, we were kind of restricted. So we had to plan it. So it was pretty tight. We had to like we we were waiting maybe 30 minutes at the border for our test results. (laughs) So they wouldn't let us in until we had those. So luckily like it all kind of went down to the minute. Um like they were closing, shutting down the border, letting people through um within a couple hours so like yeah we were pretty close. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think it's just because we were going over a weekend so the COVID testing sites that we needed for the not the rapid test the other one they weren't open on the weekend so we had to do it Monday morning but they were going to be there by Tuesday morning so we just kind of took the second day a little bit more slowly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, which I mean it sounds like it worked out but that's it still doesn't alleviate some of the stress I imagine as you're there
1: Um, so we were uh you know along with the the COVID stuff uh we were packed pretty full in the car because you know um we were not experienced driving the Alcan or through that part of the world so um you know we followed a lot of advice so i had like 10 gallons of gas strapped to the back of my car i had a spare full-size spare tire just we just didn't know what to expect so um we had uh, winter sleeping bags just in case we got stranded um there was a lot of things that we brought to prepare which you know weighed down the car and made it a little you know didn't feel like unsafe but we're definitely overloaded um just to feel prepared um for the trip
0: yeah and i mean i gotta say that's <clears throat> you really uh can't underemphasize just how important it is to, to kind of have some of that stuff and to be ready just in case stuff happens because i mean i'm sure you guys experienced it when you're out there where there really is a sense if something happens you're Kind of just high and dry. There's really not much out there,
1: <laughs> right? Right, and you know, part of the the moving process, I did a lot of maintenance on the car, um, a lot of things that were coming due for maintenance. Uh, winter tires were a necess- uh, necessity because we drove through in the uh, in February, so in winter time. Um, so a lot of these little things, we I started planning probably five or six months before we actually left. So. I didn't wait until the last minute. I don't think we could have done it if I waited until January or February to begin planning the, the process of preparation and stuff.
0: Mm, that's, that's a really good point. <clears throat> and also just having some flexibility in that plan too, just cause I mean, you know, best laid plans, great till the first shots fired. And obviously it's COVID. Right. So lots of shots fired lately. Yeah.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So the, uh, I guess Everything was great until we got to the border and then we had to kind of like really, uh, that was the point where I was a little worried because we didn't really know what to expect. Um, But we were given five days and this was just, you know, just in COVID, uh, during COVID, all the restrictions. Um, We were given five days to cross through Canada and I figured that was enough, but I I didn't know for sure, (laughs) you know. And we were also worried that what if we break down? What if we get stuck somewhere? What if, uh, you know, a big winter storm comes through and we get, you know, snowed in for a day or two? So, um, yeah, we were very lucky. Uh, We didn't have any issues uh, and we just uh, trucked on through and it took five days and we we crossed into Alaska and we were pretty relieved (laughs) at that point. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Uh, what were the the road conditions like when you were out there? Well, let me uh, let me ask real quick. Did you guys have a trailer as well, or was it the um, just the vehicle?
1: No, it was a uh, small Subaru hatchback. Uh, the The only accessory we had on the back was the little like cargo tray to hold the uh, ten gallons of fuel. Um, luckily, we didn't tap into that; or we didn't need it. But yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> <the>, uh, <laughs> the road conditions were pretty good Um, through, you know, all through the U S obviously, you know, it was maintained fairly well um, and up and through uh, most of like BC and all that stuff. Um, Once we got to the more remote areas on the highway in Canada, um, it was completely covered in snow and ice. Um, But as far as uh, driving on that, There was really no issues. Um, We didn't see anybody off the side of the road. Uh, The roads were maintained to the point where they were clear. You know, you could drive over them um, at highway speeds uh, comfortably. Um, Very little traffic in the wintertime, so it was good. (laughs) That was a plus.
0: Yeah, that that really, because I mean, the thing is, most of the time, if you're going to be getting into wrecks, on the ice and snow, it's going to be when you're in town and around a lot of other drivers. Usually you're not going to run into that if you're on the highway and don't have a lot of people around you.
1: Right. Um, reading some of the past experiences of other drivers, you know, the areas that are like bumpy or kind of rough were, you know, because of, uh, the road conditions, uh, just in general, were still bumpy and rough, but, uh, Overall, it was fairly smooth and easy going.
0: Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's always good to hear because, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, sometimes that's not everyone's experience. Me personally, every time I've gone over the Alcan, I've blown out at least one tire. So oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> to hear it was uneventful for, for you guys.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So I guess with the moving up here then, like the act of actually doing it then, um what were the expectations what the challenges were going to be and did those actually play out in reality
1: um i guess we were looking for homes and we were looking you know at physically getting our things there uh luckily the moving of our you know household gut- goods was provided um so we didn't have to pay for that out of pocket But we had to, you know, pay for moving ourselves and whatever we were carrying. Um, So I expected, you know, that to be stressful um, to the point where, you know, we could handle it. But it was, you know, it's an added stress of moving as far away to uh, Alaska as we did. (laughs) Um, We had to ship her vehicle. We drove mine uh, and we shipped hers, which was, you know, Kind of what we plan to do anyway. So that was uh, another hassle about the whole process because we didn't want to drive two separate vehicles, um, especially if we're going to have a you know a breakdown or something. Having two vehicles to worry about uh, would be a little more stressful than than just one. Um, but uh, as far as what we expected, if we were looking at places to live. That was the one thing we weren't sure about. You know, we weren't sure if we were going to rent or if we wanted to buy. Um, So we were looking at the rent uh, and trying to decide um, the cost of that versus uh, home prices and and where. Uh, So it was kind of, um, we didn't really know any of the areas. So we didn't really lock in on anything or what we wanted to do. We just knew that rent prices were high and home prices were high. So (laughs) we had to make a decision somewhere. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And unfortunately, <clears throat> those two were, are really just going to keep pace with each other. So right. yeah, that, that just is what it is. But one thing I did want to point out, so we did manage to get you guys under contract before you were physically here to, to look at the properties, if I recall correctly.
1: Um, uh, no, we did. That... We were uh, just had to do a little bit of a quarantine.
0: That's what it was. You know what? That's right. I was out of town. That's yeah. what happened. Right.
1: Yeah. I think you were in Hawaii, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. I was in Hawaii. So when yeah. you guys found the, found the property, I wrote that offer up in the airport over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I guess what were, well, you know what? Let's, um, let's save that question for a little bit later then. So let's go and jump into the transaction here. Sure. So, yeah. you know, obviously we're um, not doing a smear campaign or anything like that. And uh, we're just telling kind of our side of the story. Um, sure. I will say this definitely did stand out as a, one of the transactions for the year for me where I was like, okay, well, let's see how we could have made this a little bit smoother in certain ways. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's go and talk about our transaction a little bit. What we're... Uh, some of the big issues we ran into from, from y'all's perspective. And um, yeah, let's uh, go and talk transaction a bit. <laughs>
1: okay. um, well, I remember uh, we, we saw the property and my initial thoughts were this place is, it was not taken care of. And I don't really know if I want to be the person to come in and find out all that's wrong with it and fix all that's wrong with it so we can enjoy it. So, um, I was initially turned off. Um, but I know Bethany really liked the view and that was <laughs> like, you know, we had to, you know, really kind of look at it as two separate things, either the house or the view, uh, what's, you know, what's worth our, you know, time and, and effort and patience and all that stuff. Um, so, overall the view won out. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean it's it's a beautiful view too, so.
1: It, it is and and you know we we enjoy it on a daily basis. So, we're very thankful and and grateful that it exists. Um but just walking through the house my gut reaction and still, you know, still feel this way, you know. <laughs> every,
2: it, every day.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, th- there's so many things that were not presented well because they weren't taken care of. Um, And I think that worked to our favor because the house had been on the market, uh, I think since November and we looked at it at the end of February. Um, So it it worked out to our favor in the market that we were in um, because it didn't present well. And I think a lot of people were kind of scared away or you know they weren't they weren't going to deal with it so
0: uh yeah i think all the uh the safari animals in there didn't do much to yeah, <laughs> either uh,
1: yeah uh, we, oh, weird yeah we're decorations <laughs> just yeah kind of weird placement of things but um weird dark paint everywhere oh, yeah everywhere. Uh,
2: seven different colors of purple
0: oh geez yeah. <laughs> Getting flashbacks,
1: mm. <laughs> um, but so thinking about it, I, our offer was really low when we when we decided to put an offer in. So we, I think we had lost uh, a bid to another house or maybe a couple other properties. So we were kind of initially turned off by this house, um, except for the view, and then after kind of losing. Um, in the bidding process, other properties kind of circled back to this particular property again, thinking about the view and how much work it would take. So we came in low um, and that began the negotiation process because that was kind of our honest assessment of what it would take to kind of do all the repairs. And I think the seller kind of had a, a hunch on what it would take to um, but, uh, what surprised me was we, we got a counter offer, <laughs> uh, um, more than anything. Cause I, I just, I figured we were, we came in so low that they were just going to kind of dismiss us mm-hmm. and say, you know, maybe, uh, you know, come back when you, you have your uh, savings <laughs> a little better <laughs> and you can, uh, present a better offer.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I mean, honestly so they were on the market i think it was roughly like 90 days close to 100 when we approached them mm-hmm. which in the market at the time the average days on market was about 20 23 days or something like that right so realistically i was like okay compared to the market they've been on the market for like a year at this point right yeah. market. <laughs> like that's so <clears throat> yeah i was um I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I was pretty sure we were gonna get some kind of a counter back. Yeah, I mean, I think luckily we did uh we did get them down. I think it was like, was it 15, 20,000? I, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly, but
1: yeah, it was right in that range. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so we did get them to, to come down a little bit there. And um, yeah, then then the transaction started and we had the side of the house. With water leaking out of it, <laughs>
1: well, so yeah, the the once we were so excited, we got the uh, you know we were under contract, we we came to terms, um, and then the inspection happened. <laughs> so uh,
0: that happened to us.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we, uh, we discovered all of the things, or most of the things, I should say, um, most of the things. The, the biggest one being a, uh, a water leak that may have or may not have been known <laughs> prior to uh, listing the house for sale. That was uh, pretty bad, which uh, I think
2: visible from the outside of the house,
1: visible from the outside. And then after I looked back at the photos from the listing, you could see it in the photos from the listing too. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty funny that it was, I uh, guess something we blindly, you know, missed just, just because we're kind of um, not set on this house, but just excited, you know, and we kind of just missed it.
2: I would like to point out that the outside of the house, uh, it has no curb appeal. So we didn't really look at the outside of the house.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people kind of felt the same way uh, speaking with our neighbors there's people that came to pull in the driveway to look and then they left like moments later. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but that's that's okay. The curb appeal is more on the is definitely more on the view, though. Right. And I mean, I'm I'm sure you guys have done. A lot to make it look better just by removing all the extra cars and right.
2: Oh, yes.
0: All the extra stuff they had out there. But uh, yeah, that set off a sequence of events. And uh, I felt like we were on the phone with a contractor like almost every other day at that point because we got them to, they would take care of the the leak in the shower pan and that uh, any resulting damage from years of, you know, water leaking from the shower pan. And that just started off its own little, odyssey and in world for a while.
1: <laughs> right. And, uh, what really, you know, uh, helped us in the long run was your wording on the repair clause, uh, portion of the, the contract that, uh, specified. So, you know, we found a leak in a shower and we didn't know what the damage was because we couldn't tear into it in the inspection process. So we had to wait for, you know, the seller to, to action or respond. So, um, your wording really solidified that work was going to get done to, you know, a certain degree for, you know, the damage that we could or couldn't see. So that really helped us in the long run, because, uh, I think that overall cost was somewhere in the $10,000 range for repairs, which is kind of what we were thinking if it was, um, like the worst case scenario, if it was as bad as it was, which it, which it unfortunately was. was.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I definitely did go talk with <clears throat> with other um, contractors as well, just to get second opinions from them. Mm-hmm. And like all of them were like, "Yeah, this," because I think the seller came back. And I think they were trying to do it for like two thousand bucks or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, and every contractor I talked to was like. No, you're talking about leaking water. <laughs> right. That's, that's um, going to be like ten thousand bucks easy.
1: Yeah, uh, and I he was, I guess, accurate that the new shower pan, which is what we identified as the problem, that was that's a two thousand dollar job. So yes, that that is accurate, but that doesn't take care of the years and years of damage that needed to get repaired to make it safe because it you know it, it could have collapsed or Uh, over time, you know, uh, been dangerous (laughs) to stand on.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, for those of you who haven't really done a whole lot with water before, like leaking water, honestly, I'm more afraid of that than I am of earthquakes or hurricanes or stuff like that, just because it's quiet, it gets into everything, and it just slowly erodes the integrity of everything, so. Right yeah absolutely terrifying so and yeah i remember yeah it was like the day of closing we showed up (laughs) like work hadn't quite been done yet (laughs) and uh yeah work hadn't quite been done yet we did have an agreement with them though that uh, work to be completed by this time afterwards um but yeah let's uh let's go and talk about the uh the day of closing, though, is that was a little adventure in and of itself.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, as you mentioned, the uh, work hadn't been completed. But um, I think we discovered before that that uh, the seller was paying the contractors like not under the table, but uh, he was stringing them along with a couple of dollars here and there. So uh, we put a check, I think, in escrow to kind of help the contractor get paid and stuff. Um, so again, you know, something that we kind of discovered and, and you had a good solution for, um, but yeah, so we got to, uh, the closing day, uh, and a lot of things, a lot of things were discovered that day. So yeah, work, we, we knew the work wasn't done, so we knew things hadn't been done. Um, and then all of their stuff was
0: That's right
1: in, in the house, uh, and I don't know what their intention was. We don't know anything about what they really meant to do with all of their personal belongings or if they didn't expect the sale to go through. Um, they just drug their feet and kind of kept their things in the house, they could have squatters rights. So I you know it was it was kind of uh, interesting. So yeah, we had all of the uh, all of their items in the house and we had to negotiate with them to, take it out of the house. Like this so the process. just didn't end until, uh, uh, you know, until the, the last bits. Um, and then, uh, they finally agreed to get all of their things out of the house. And I think they mostly did that, but then they also,
2: they took everything. They took
1: everything. Yeah.
0: That they they, there was they just went from one end of the scale to the other.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, whether they did it in spite or they didn't understand, you know, um, you know, things that we weren't overly upset about uh, that they took, like the uh, the curtain rods and built-in shelving. There were several closets that we've noticed after the fact that they took um, screwed-in shelves, uh, removed those. Sure, that's fine. You know, like I said, you know, these are things that didn't really...
2: It's inconvenient, yeah. but we... That's a fine.
1: Yeah. So like, you know, if we're going to replace it with things to our preference anyway, that's, you know, that's easier on us to just have a blank canvas to work from. But the, uh, I think the big one and the one you had to run down for um, <laughs> was the, the fireplace, um, I don't know which the, the front cover glass, um, they ripped it off. they
0: they took the entire front piece off of the fireplace i've never seen that before
1: (laughs) yeah and then i think they were arguing that we were kind of uh silly to want it i believe saying that like it doesn't it wasn't meant to go there and they put it in um but it's funny because like in the going back to the photos from the listing they had a fire going, demonstrating that the fireplace, you know, is functional. Uh, but then they came back and said, like, you know, it's not it's not safe. You can't use it. So it's, you know, it's funny that they use that argument after the fact.
0: Yeah, well, I, I can see maybe a little bit for that, just because photographers will actually go back and edit a fire into the into the photo. Sure. But yeah, still, I was like, there is just no conceivable way. Cause yeah, it's a fix to the property. Like you had to like right. detach it and run off with it. I was like, what are you doing?
1: Sure. And,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I just had a talk with the, uh, with the broker for the, uh, for the other side and just said, okay, look at the stroke of midnight or whenever this property becomes, you know, Greg and, and Bethany's <clears throat> um, essentially all the personal items becomes legally theirs at that point. And there's going to be a big garage sale in here. So I'm thinking a uh, discount. We could probably get about 200 for that couch, 300 for the bed over there. That's a creepy safari stuffed animal over there. So I think meh, about <laughs> 50 bucks or so just to get rid of it and started listing stuff out. And that seemed to motivate them a little bit. But no, I remember um, it, was the, it was the final walkthrough before closing. Yeah, And I think you guys were signing at two o'clock in the afternoon, if I recall correctly. We show up around 10 or so just to give ourselves enough time to kind of look around, check everything. And yeah, that front piece in the fireplace was just gone and I couldn't get in, get a contact with the listing agent, couldn't get in contact with the the broker. Um, Eventually we got through to them and just explained, yeah, so, you know, enough's enough and get this i'm taking the front to the fireplace okay where are you i'm, I'm meeting you and i drive across okay. town <laughs> and get it from them from from where they're at and i gotta say that was it felt like a hostage exchange situation yeah. honestly
1: <laughs> yeah it felt like yeah like you stole you stole something from us uh and using it like a yeah like a hostage
0: like come on <laughs> it, was it was like this so could have been an easy process what are you guys doing
1: <laughs> right right and I think uh, what you said their excuse was uh, something to the effect of they bought it for the property so it was theirs yeah um, so you know I you know <laughs> there are many things that you can say and I'm sure they took most of the things that you know they uh, they purchased but
0: like come on (laughs) really want to a fireplace are you serious
1: (laughs) right uh and you know the the dollar value is so small but at that point it became a a game of principle like what are you doing like you know like yes this belongs with the property but you know come on (laughs) why did you make it
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I got to say like you guys without a doubt were the most patient people that I've worked with. Um I I can probably speak for myself under the same circumstances. I don't think I would have been able to handle it with as much uh, much poise and as much grace as you guys did. So, you know, hats off to you okay. <laughs> on well, handling I mean, it that that well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, at that point, you know, luckily, you know, your role is to be the mediator between uh, <laughs> the other party, So um, I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't have been a much different uh, result, but, you know, kind of glad that you're there to, you know, handle that and, and deal with that as part of your job, you know, in the transaction, um, you know, speaking on our behalf, but yeah, appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Thanks. Anytime. So um, obviously no transaction is going to be perfect. <clears throat> So, what are, and this is something I ask everybody, what are some things that you think we could have done differently on this one that might have made it a bit smoother? I mean, I have a couple things that I have here, but, you know, what are some things you guys would have thought that would have made it a bit smoother? Uh, I
1: think there was a lot of unique things to this property, uh, mainly um, follow up and kind of, um, making you know we did make a, a physical presence at the property a couple of times but um there was a lot of days where we didn't hear anything and we kind of uh, you know let it go um and then it got to the point where we were at closing the date of closing and work had just begun a couple of days prior you know and uh so i guess for us having like more follow through with uh, th- big things like the work being done, because that was really dependent upon us moving in.
0: Right. Right. And that actually is what I had written down here as well. <clears throat> Just uh, not assume people are going to do what they say they're going to do. Right. And to really have more contact with contractors and in, in situations like that. Cause I mean, they're near the end. We were definitely you know, tag team and the contractor on the regular. But yeah, there was definitely some time in there. I uh, assumed people were going to do what they said they were going to do. And that obviously was not the case.
1: Right. And I think we actually got like within days of our um, mortgage rate lock expiring um, mm-hmm. because the work hadn't been completed and we weren't able to take ownership of the property because it was in pieces. <laughs>
2: well, we missed the first closing date. So we had to push it back a few weeks.
0: Yep. That's right. That's right. Uh good times.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Super good.
1: Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we just extended our time in a hotel.
2: Yeah.
1: Easy peasy. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't something we expected to do. That was probably the hardest thing was being in a hotel for, 60 plus days (laughs) Um, just waiting, you know, the last, the last 30 or so or extra um, just waiting for the house to become available and to um, have all the repairs and all the bits of the contract met.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll say one more thing and we'll move on from the transaction, but I mean, it was, so the listing agent and I had a pretty good rapport. It was really, it was one of the weirdest negotiation strategies ever because it felt very almost confrontational adversarial in a way is kind of what it felt like. And usually in real estate, the negotiations are going to be very, um, very kind of teamwork oriented where, right. you know, where obviously there are going to be things we're going to disagree on. But by and large, it's kind of a win-win scenario. But occasionally, if you get somebody on the other end that just sees it as this zero-sum game where any win for me has to be a loss for you, it can definitely make the whole thing um, an entirely different experience.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: All right. So you guys are up here in Alaska now. Um, can you explain some differences about Alaska houses that they might have surprised you or, or might be different from what you've noticed in the lower 48?
1: Uh, for me personally, I've never lived in a property that had a well and septic. So, uh, I had to get used to the idea that a couple of properties we looked at didn't have that, but the ones that kind of appealed to us pretty much all did. So, um, that was something that I had to get used to um, pretty much uh, right off the bat. what about you?
2: Yeah, he was really resistant to that. I grew up with that, so that didn't worry me at all. Um, <laughs> I think the the mailboxes they're at a cluster at the end of the road, and that kind of threw him off. He's like, "I don't I want a mailbox at my house, and uh, very few houses that we looked at had that right, but I guess that's the area we're looking into the Hills and stuff like that. I guess that's it's very pretty common. Uh, I also thought maybe houses were closer together for the price that they were. I think we were a little surprised at that.
1: Yeah, um, home prices were a little higher overall. Like we said, we looked prior to coming out here, and then uh, a lot of those, yeah. Uh, Anchorage is pretty densely populated for you know, Alaska, but uh, in general. So yeah, the houses are fairly, um, you know, the, the lots are a little bit smaller because you have more homes that you're trying to to get in there. So yeah, we were kind of hoping for a little more space in some of the properties we looked at, and uh, that was not always the case.
2: So we upped the budget.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, those are, uh, those are about your options, unless you're really willing to take on a project and go find something in bear Valley. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Outstanding. So what is it that you guys enjoy doing the most up here so far?
1: I don't know. Uh, we haven't really done a whole lot outside, but she's been to several areas, uh, kayaking and Whittier. Yeah. And,
2: um, kayaking and hiking. That's been the yeah. things that I've done more here than in Georgia for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like zero elevation gain over like hundreds of miles. So, um, yeah, the, the hiking, uh, hills, uh, just kind of being outside in the summertime, um, kind of enjoy that. So, uh, that's been a nice change. So for, I know for her, she mentioned that this is like the first place she enjoyed
0: summer. Yep. Really? Yep.
1: Because of the temperature.
0: Yeah, and I know a lot of people complained it was raining a lot this summer, but I, I it
2: didn't rain at all. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I didn't really notice, so I don't know. Maybe we're just the outliers and we're oblivious to rain now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: so I, I imagine that you know, uh, as we spend more time here and the projects kind of are completed at our house, uh, we'll have more time to you know go outside and, and do the things, especially the winter activities because, uh, we haven't lived in a place for several years that had a winter. So, uh, you know, I know she's excited to go skiing. Um, she has a snowboard. Yep.
2: <laughs> you guys
0: are, <laughs> are fairly close to Alaska too. So that's perfect. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we look forward to spending more time outside, uh, whether it be winter or summer, but
0: mm-hmm. standing. So what are some things that you guys have kind of lived up here for a little bit? um, What are some of the pros and cons of living in Alaska that you'd offer for people who are thinking about moving up here or, you know, moving up here, whether they want to or not?
1: (laughs) Um, I didn't enjoy excessive or extended daylight. So that started back in, I guess, May when i april may when i started noticing like man, it's it's it's
2: light
1: light and it's nighttime and then of course june hit and it was like oh man (laughs) it's like uh really light until you know midnight and then it goes to like a dusk and then it becomes daylight again at like four in the morning so um for me that's uh something that I struggle with because I prefer a dark room to sleep in. So having, you know, blackout curtains, um, definitely, uh, have, that's a definite, I guess, con for me is having so much daylight that you can't hardly, you know, go to sleep, or you don't want to go to sleep because it's 11 o'clock, and it's, you know, it's daytime. Um, but, you know, you also get a lot of work done. That's, that's what I think helped our contractors get the work done because they were working until, um,
2: <laughs> 10 PM, <laughs> 10, 11 at night.
1: Um, so, uh, you know, it, it can also be a good thing if you like to go out and, and do things. Um,
2: yeah, I didn't, I didn't enjoy all that sunshine. Yeah. I felt like I was missing out if I was going to bed during it.
1: Um, I don't know. We have, um, some cool things about the areas you get to see a lot of wildlife. Um, so we, we get to see a lot of uh, moose and we had a couple run-ins with some black bears in our neighborhood going through trash uh, on trash day. Uh, neighbors were kind of uh, awestruck by it. So they have lived here for many, many years. So if they were worried about it, we were kind of like, oh, OK, it's supposed to not be normal then. <laughs> uh,
0: this is serious yeah. now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, those those couple things were uh, really stood out.
0: Yeah, well, I do know there was, yeah, I do know, I think it was earlier the summer before I was kind of working in that area and I was just walking around, kind of door knocking, talking to folks in the area. And luckily one of the neighbors told me, hey, so uh, there's a bear that killed a moose like a block like that way. So (laughs) might want to have your head on a swivel. I was like, oh, well, thanks for the heads up. (laughs) Nobody else told me. That's great. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was, yeah. Every time I go out running, someone usually pulls over and they're like, there was a moose back there about a mile or whatever. And they're like, just watch out for it. Or there's a bear. Just turn around now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess a, another thing now that I'm thinking about it, uh, the, the price of goods and services is much higher here because we'll tell our friends or family how much things cost. And I think that, you know, we're buying extravagant items or we're hiring the most skilled laborers. And, uh, no, it's, a, you know, it's just kind of explaining like things that's, what's different about the area. Um, shipping is way more expensive. Um, when you're, you know, talking about just purchasing things, uh, online so um yeah so there is a definite added expense to just being here um whether you're you know just visiting or if you're you know trying to live here full-time so that was expected but i didn't know to what degree so um it's quite quite a bit higher than i anticipated
0: Yeah. I mean, I actually went and created a um, video on the YouTube channel looking at um, the cost of living index because it has the top 20 most expensive cities in the U.S. to to live in. And that's looking not just at overall expenses, but expenses compared to the income that you get in the area. And um, yeah, I don't know if we should be proud of this or not, but Alaska made four of the top 20.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, it's uh, definitely can see it. I mean, <laughs> um, I I hope that, you know, as the cost of goods and, you know, the workforce kind of stabilizes, um, things will come down a little bit in price. But yeah, I'm really not too hopeful that it's actually going to happen, you know, in the short term. But yeah, it's something we have to deal with just living up here. And that's, yeah, that's, that's definitely strong con if you don't have a strong income or your income fluctuates. Luckily we're pretty steady, so we can kind of roll with the punches.
0: Right. Well, outstanding. So do you guys have any final words or, or topics you'd like to like to discuss?
1: Um, no, I think we're pretty, pretty overall satisfied that we've, you know, went through this process, uh, you know, you've been a great advocate for us and kind of helped us out, uh, you know, who knows how it would have turned out with somebody that, you know, was less invested <laughs> in the process, um, you know, we've got a lot of projects ahead of us and a lot of things in progress still dealing with residual issues from, you know, those uh, inspections and stuff that we had initially in the house. So. You know, these are things that we kind of uh, mentally prepared for Um, uh, it. Definitely. I would say this process is not for everybody. Um, Renting versus buying or moving up here, it's it's not for everybody, Um, but definitely uh, if you're not secure financially, whether it's your you know, savings account that you're going to, you know, use to put a a down payment on a house or steady income that you're going to, you know, be able to survive and and live off of the higher cost of the area. Um, You know, those are, you know, things that I'm thankful for that we were able to secure over years and years of, you know, saving and planning that if we didn't do that, I don't know if we'd be in this position right now. So, you know, those are things that, I hope that other people kind of consider too, but um, it definitely helped us for sure.
0: Outstanding. Bethany, do you have any final thoughts?
2: Uh, Alaska is beautiful. And if anyone wants to move here and experience it, I think take the opportunity when you can. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Well, that's, that's a good note to end on then. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And if you're interested in moving up to Alaska, certainly do reach out on my website, No. Um, Where to find me is going to be in the the show notes down below and certainly do follow me on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, all the platforms. So thanks for, um, thanks for tuning in and we'll talk with you next time.